We'll begin with uh, verse 18 of chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I'm going to read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, the life that's in your words, the seed of your word. Father, right now we open our hearts to receive your word, to listen to your spirit that he will teach us and guide us and give us light, understanding, understanding to our inward man father that we see what you reveal and we hear what you speak we thank you lord for delivering to us your word for saving us and healing us by your word for lifting us and restoring us by your word In jesus name have your way Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible says there's many voices in the world and none of them without significance. So, uh, you know, there's lots of things we could tune into. There's lots of things that we could listen to. There's lots of things we could focus on. And uh, if you're focusing on and giving first place something besides the Word of God, your life will not be as prosperous in every area as what God intended for it to be. Uh, God does not want you to live a life of barely making it in any arena of your life. That you barely make it with friends, that you barely make it in your job, that you barely make it in finance, that you barely make it in health, that you barely make it in your thought life and your mental stability. Uh, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. You know, that's the Greek word zoe. It means the life of God, the nature of God. So he literally said, I came that you could have the same kind of life and the exact same nature as my Father. This is the life I have. This is the life I carry. This is the life I live in. Now I want you to live in this life. The whole reason I came is so you can live like God. Imagine how God lives. Did he wake up this morning? No, he didn't wake up. He, he doesn't sleep or slumber. <laughs> this morning, was he depressed? Overwhelmed? Overcome? Sick? Discouraged? No, I mean, the Bible says that Jesus has the oil of joy above his fellows. 
What does that mean? That means he was the happy, well, you, we say happy a lot of times to express joy, but that's a really shallow definition of joy. But Jesus had more joy than anyone else around. I don't really like pictures of Jesus, but if I did like a picture of Jesus, it would be the laughing Jesus picture. Have you seen that picture? Jesus kind of sitting back and laughing. A teeth, a teeth laugh, you know. <laughs> Bible says God sits in the heavens and he laughs. Wonder if we got God's perspective on the situation if that we're so intense about if we would laugh. Job said at destruction and famine you should laugh. I guess he should know. <laughs> He said, that which I greatly fear is what came upon me. You ought to refuse to fear anything but God. Fear is like a uh, really kind of a reverence of the power of something. So you can have reverence of the power of God, but you really shouldn't have reverence of the power of the devil, the things of the world. We, we, we reverence God. Paul said, you know, His speech and his preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. You know, like uh, man's wisdom, the words of man's wisdom, those are enticing words. Well, that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, that seems right. You know, especially if you're, if you're really exercised mentally, primarily. The Bible doesn't want you not to use your brain. The Bible and God wants us to give our mind to Christ. That Christ can think through our mind. That we give him, you know, uh, Romans, uh, was it 12? It says, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Offer your body a living sacrifice. The Bible tells us what to do with our bodies. If you don't do with your body what the Bible says to do with your body, you're going to have lots of trouble with your body. Your body will get you into lots of difficulties and lots of trouble. Um, praise the Lord. So he said, I didn't speak this way, not with natural words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power demonstration of the spirit and of power why so that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of man but in the power of God so we want our faith to be in the power of God not in some humans experiences or thoughts we want our faith to be in the power of God because otherwise you're limited uh, by a person or a man all right Let's turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we read verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Doesn't mean you don't see the things that are seen, but we don't look at those things. Our, our, our focus is not fixed on temporary things. You hear me tell that story when I first um, had my first car. I bought it from my brother for how much? Did I, oh, a thousand dollars. It was a 1984 Ford Escort. 
And uh, I remember driving down the road about half a mile from my house, driving down the road, and I was looking at the radio while I was driving 45 mile an hour, and I looked down at the radio to turn the dial, and sure enough, I was on the shoulder like that. I was like, how did that happen? I need to figure out some way to get my kids to have that experience safely. <laughs> but where I was looking is right where I headed because the, the dial was to the right, and so I went off the road to the right. And, you know, thank the Lord, I was okay and recovered. It, like, sobered me real quick for driving. I had no idea it could happen that fast. I mean, now I know that, but I, I didn't know that then. But where, my, where I was looking is exactly where I went. So they taught me, when they taught me how to drive, they're like, don't look right in front of you. Look way down the road, right? And then everything will just kind of line up. And uh, so while we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, because the things that are seen are temporary, subject to change. Well, let's give it some context. Verse 1, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. If you're fainting, maybe you have not received mercy. If you haven't received mercy, you're probably not given any mercy. You don't give mercy, you're not going to receive mercy, Jesus said. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. The margin of my Bible says the hidden things of shame. We have renounced the hidden things of shame not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Oh, the word is so full. You have to listen to the whole counsel of God. You say, well, I commend myself to everyone's conscience. What do you think I'm doing? You think I'm doing good? How do you think I'm doing? That's not what that scripture says. Every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel is hid, is to hid, hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. For we preach not ourselves, hallelujah, but we preach Jesus Christ, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Preach Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Lift up Jesus. Magnify Jesus. You don't know what to do in the situation? Just start talking about Jesus. That's not like a, I don't want people to think I don't know what I'm, I'm doing, so I'm going to say Jesus. No, because you do know what you're doing, you say Jesus. He said, remember in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, um, I've determined among men to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So if you don't know what to do, you just turn to Jesus Christ and him crucified. You in that situation, you're like you know you need to pray, you don't know how you need to pray, just start talking about Jesus. The power of the blood. I mean... We are not, well, we are, okay, we are 
forgiven of our sins. But there's a large part of the religious Christian world that identifies a Christian as a forgiven sinner. That's not what the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul. We are not forgiven sinners, although our sins are forgiven. We are redeemed saints. There's a huge difference. It's not just covered over. It's a total exchange and a total change. We minister in the name of Jesus. But you know when Jesus was on the cross, he was there in your name. So like in my case, he said, I'm here in the name of Timothy Michael Ostrom. I'm here for his sins. I'm here for every sickness that will ever try to attack him. I'm here for every amount of lack that would ever try to come on him. He was there in your name. Hallelujah. And then he was the firstborn from among the dead. He's like the forerunner of your new life. Well, if you, don't, if you don't ever meet Jesus at the cross, you're not going to realize that. All those things try to come on you. Thoughts try to come on you. Uh, things of the enemy try to come on you. Things that are just because the flesh is uh, uh, in the world and the world is fallen try to come on you. Well, you realize you see Jesus lifted up on that cross. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. He was not on the cross for his own health. Right? He was on the cross for you, in your place, in your name, to take away your sins, to take away the devil's sickness and the devil's poverty and the devil's unrighteousness and to make you his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.17, just the next chapter over, if any man, that means anyone, any person, is in Christ, they are a new creature. In other words, they are new. You're new. All those old things are passed away. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you can't see. So if you're waiting to feel like those things are passed away before you're going to act like those things are passed away, then you're never going to experience that those things are actually passed away. You're going to say, I guess I'm just not as good of a Christian as other people. I guess God just loves other people more than he loves me. Oh, no. He loves you just as much as he loves his own son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus prayed a prayer in John 17 that we today would know that. That the same love that the Father has for Christ that he has for you and for me. I'm not leaving myself out. 
I need the love of God. And I have it on the inside of me. If any man is in Christ, he's a new man. You know, one translation says, a new species of being that never existed before. In other words, you are completely brand new. Those old things are passed away. Those old things are done. But you realize if, you, if you're driving the car and you look at those old things, you're going to go towards those old things. And you're going to think, how did that happen so fast? Well, because you're looking at the wrong thing, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. It really doesn't say our faith. It's the author and finisher of faith. It says our, but if you look in the original, it's not there. He's the author of faith, the finisher of faith, the completer of faith, the maturer of faith. So in other words, he showed us how to do it. Romans chapter 4, right? No, excuse me, 3, verse 22, Romans 3, 22. That he, by faith, obtained righteousness for all men, and by our belief in him doing that, that comes to us. In other words, he's the author of faith, the finisher of faith. So he acted in faith so that we can act in faith. In fact, Mark eleven twenty two 22 says, just, just act in God's faith. Have the faith of God. Possess the faith of God. Lay hold of the faithfulness of God. In other words, I, that's why I like that translation probably the best. Lay hold or grab hold of the faithfulness of God. So you're believing God for something as we, as we say, the lingo we kind of say. Well, stop doing that. Just lay hold of the faithfulness of God. I mean, literally, then you're believing. <laughs> but because it kind of becomes uh, expression or a lingo, it becomes uh, religious words instead of life. I mean, it's the, most, it's the most crazy thing in the world to think that you could have a believer who doesn't believe. Unbelieving believer, that's not possible. But you could have a believer that acts based on mental thoughts or what they see or what they feel, not based on what they believe. And that's where we find ourselves sometimes. When you're like, why isn't this working? Just turn to Jesus. Just magnify Jesus. Magnify the Lord. All right, uh, verse 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The devil knows if this light shines to any person, they're going to see and they're going to change. So it's in his interest to not let that light shine. The thing is, the problem is, darkness really can't overcome light. <laughs> Verse 5, for we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ and ourselves your servants for, uh, Jesus Christ the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Do you remember that? For God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Most people get in darkness and they just confess the darkness. God gets in darkness and he confesses light. He declares light, light be. Oh, praise the Lord. Jesus came to make us like God. 
God's a faith God. So we act like our faith father. So we're getting in the middle of a very dark situation. We don't know what to do. Well, don't just say what you see in the temporary. Say what you see in your heart. What God has shown you, what God has revealed to you. He's speaking to you. You just might not be listening. He's in there. You have him on the inside of you. He knew you were going to live today in 2021. You have everything you need right here on the inside when you're born again. You have the one who holds the future in his hand. Like there's not even distance in the things of God. He can be in South Korea with your wife and right here with you at the same time. We plead the blood of Jesus over men. We love her. We miss her. I don't know. Is she here or is she back there? Back in Korea. Back in Korea. Praise the Lord. For God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness. So think about that. Now listen to what he says. Has shined in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So he's equating God commanding light to just be with him shining the light in our own hearts. No, he's not saying your head. He's not saying even around you on your body. He's saying in your heart. God has shined the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That makes me want to look at the face of Jesus Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of, the, of God on high. Uh, verse 7, but we have this treasure Where do we have this treasure? In earthen vessels. That's, that's your body, it's made of dirt. My body, made of dirt. From the dust you came, to the dust your body shall return, right? Uh, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, this, this body has given me some trouble. I wish I could get rid of it. Well, if you get rid of it, you're going to die in the flesh. Okay? You're going to see Jesus sooner than you're supposed to. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that we don't get, like, puffed up and think this is of us. We are constantly reminded that the flesh is weak. But that should not make you focus on the flesh and say, man, my flesh is weak unless you're living by the flesh. That should make you say, but God is strong. The Lord is my strength and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Wow. God knows our frame, the Bible says. He knows that it's weak. 
That's why he gave us his own spirit on the inside of us and recreated us. He gave us someone on the inside that can overcome the outside. And now he's going to go on to describe that. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Well, you have trouble that comes to you in life. If you're alive, you're going to have trouble. You could take these scriptures right here. When something comes your way, and you could just say them. I would encourage you to let it kind of stir in your heart a little bit. But even if it's not stirring in your heart because you're so frustrated or so disappointed, just speak the word. Because those words will lift you out. Those words, I don't know how many times I had not felt like saying the very thing I knew I should say. But the second I begin to say it, the Lord ordains strength to come out of your mouth. That you speak those things and strength comes. Well, you know, just th sometimes you figure out how something works on the positive because you look at it on the negative. Imagine somebody says, I wish I was dead. Right? What do you say if somebody, they're, they're frustrated and they're going to say, I wish I was dead. What, you want to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. If you know they're going to say that, they say, I just want to die. You say, wait, 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 don't say that. Don't, wait, wait, don't say it, don't say it. Calm down, calm down, calm down. Your perspective just very temporary right now. We don't want your life to be just temporary right now. I am the stupidest person. But even those, those thoughts or whatever thoughts, very negative thoughts come, you know I should not be saying that. But your flesh sometimes is craving to give well, expression to those evil thoughts, those death-doomed thoughts. There is power in your words. And there is a battle for your tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. There is he that speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. You don't have to say those things. You can say the right things. You may be perplexed, but you ought to say, hmm, I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. You may be persecuted, but you can say, hmm, I'm being persecuted. I'm not abandoned. You may be cast down, but you can say, I'm, but I'm not destroyed. <laughs> I fell down, but I'm not dead. This is the spirit of faith. It's really the life of faith. Verse 9, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. Verse 10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. He took your place. 
He did it in your name. Always bearing about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus. Offer your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Do not offer the parts of your body to sins, as in Romans 6.13, as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God. As those, listen, listen how he says to do this. As those who have been brought from death to life. That's how you're supposed to offer your body to God. As those who have been brought from death to life. I was supposed to die. I don't remember who it was. I talked to somebody just in the last two weeks. And they were supposed to die, like, at a, at a young age. Oh, I know who it was. It was Pastor Mark. He was 17 years old, and he was in a, a really bad car wreck. But his mama was praying, pleading the blood of Jesus. He got home. He said, Mama, I've been in a wreck. She said, I know. I was praying. But God delivered you. And he said, I remember that to this day. He said, I know I would have died. He said, that's why I preach like I do. That's why I go everywhere I go. You watch his schedule, he goes a lot. Romans 6.13, as those who have been brought from death to life. Wow. So he's just talking physical death. Pastor Mark, and that affects him. We've been brought from spiritual death to spiritual life. Eternal death to eternal life. So that should affect how you think, how you live, what you do. And don't offer your the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but to God as instruments of righteousness, is the rest of uh, verse 13 of uh, Romans chapter 6. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may be manifested in our body. God wants your body. Jesus lived over 2,000 years ago in the body of a Jew named Jesus of Nazareth. Today he lives in you. He wants your body. If he wants to talk to somebody, he wants them to receive the gospel He's going to have you tell them, me tell them. He has ordained that men should preach the gospel. That's probably words that make it hard to grasp. Preaching is just proclaiming, just telling people. Like, has your life been changed by God? Has God done something in your life? There is, you have a testimony. You have a testimony of when you came to Christ, but you have a testimony probably from last week of what the Lord did in your life or what he revealed to you or how he's using you. Most people are stressed out, full of fear, uh, full of selfish ambition, just want power, money, prestige. That is like a slave driver. Jesus set us free from that. Well, you have a testimony. You have life that's out of this world on the inside of you. You have satisfaction that the world can't possibly provide. You have a testimony. We have a testimony. Because we have him. 
If you don't have a testimony, you should get born again. You'll have one. Mm. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Why? So he can live through you that the life also of Jesus might be manifested in your mortal flesh. Well, if Jesus was here, what would he do? I wish Jesus was here. He is here. In you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, right? What would he do if he were here? Well, just look to your spirit and you'll know. He'll tell you to do it. Verse 12, so then death works in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, I have believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, therefore speak. Right? If you believe, you're going to speak. If you really believe, you're going to speak. You, you just listen to people, including yourself, and you'll find out exactly where they're at. I don't like this. They call it the word police, you know, in, in a word of faith, charismatic circles, you know, like the word police. Those are the people that if you say a bad confession, they're going to come and, like, shut you down. Well, that's one thing if it's, like, your best friend or a close friend, and they're like, do you really want to say that, you know? I like Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, how they do it to each other. They say, I believe it's coming to pass right now in Jesus' name. Well, that really stops you from saying some of the things that your flesh might just want to say. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's not have it be that serious. The Lord dealt with Pastor Mark one time, and she was trying to figure out, well, how do you explain this? And he said, he said, I'm feeling the same way Jesus was feeling when he overcame this feeling. How are you feeling, you know? What's going on? You want to tell somebody off? I'm feeling the same way Jesus was feeling when he overcame this feeling. Right? Works in your body. <laughs> Works in your emotions. In other words, Jesus overcame it. And because he overcame it, I can overcome it. And in him, I have overcome it. You don't have to give in to that. Jesus overcame it. We have the same spirit of faith according as it's written, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We also, say I also believe, therefore I speak. So a faith is believing and speaking what God said. So you could be surrounded by darkness, whatever form it might try to take. Well, the worst thing you can do is keep your mouth shut. You ought to be speaking. You ought to be speaking the words of health, the words of deliverance, the words of freedom. You speak the word of God. You continue in my word, then you're my disciples. You know the truth. The truth will set you free or make you free. You speak the word. There's deliverance in the word. There's freedom in the word. Um, praise the Lord.
Faith is overcoming anxiety and self-confidence by turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you're turning away from your worries, you're turning away from your fears, other people's... <laughs> I've had other people try to worry for me. I'm really concerned. I don't know if that's going to work. A friend of mine did me a big favor because when the church was really uh, struggling financially and a real challenge and I was real tempted to, to go and uh, do a secular job to get things going and everything like that and the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, you can do that and uh, you'll be blessed but uh, it'll come with sorrow. He said, my blessing, I'll make you rich and I'll add no sorrow with it. I said, well, I would like that but it's a little painful. He said, actually, he told me, he said, it won't happen as quick. He said, but you'll get the same thing, but you'll have no sorrow with it, and then you'll have more. That's the blessing of the Lord. Sometimes your flesh is like, I want it now, I want it now, I want it now. The Lord has done good things. Let God be God. Sometimes we try to get in, in there and just try to make it happen faster or how we think it should happen, how it's going to happen. I mean, you do it the Lord's way, you may have some tests and trials and, you know, hoopamone is being developed, that's endurance, right? You turn and face a storm, but when that happens, when it's completed, you be perfect and entire wanting nothing. You say, I am quiet at my leisure to quote uh, Pride and Prejudice you know my wife and daughter watch that movie all the time stand with me if you would while we look not at the things that are seen but the things that are not seen the things that are seen are temporary things that are not seen are eternal I don't know uh, I, well, I know some of you what's happening in your life, but I don't know what's happening in everybody's life. God knows. Sometimes the things that we are challenged with today are because of things that we never dealt with yesterday. God is a redeemer. The blood of Jesus is greater, is purer, is stronger than anything that ever happened in your past and than anything will ever happen in your future or that's happening right now today in your life the life of your family the blood of Jesus is greater and the blood of Jesus is stronger don't turn to the to those things and those feelings and let those things have the last word Jesus has the last word. Jesus has the final say. You may have lost a battle, but Jesus won the war. You won't win every battle, but you win the war because Jesus won. Never fail to get up and turn to Christ. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. 
thank you that you have redeemed us. You have given strength. You have ordained strength to come out of our mouth. And you have given us your words that we could speak on your behalf. Words of deliverance and words of life and words of freedom and words of truth that are words of power. Father, I thank you for every person right now that can hear this. I thank you that you have good plans for every individual, young and old, middle-aged, male and female, every one of us, that you know the plans that you have for us, that you, you are the, the developer of those plans, the creator of those plans, that you're the creator of our lives, and that every, everything that needs to take place that you have uh, orchestrated uh, uh, and set forth and prepared the way that we walk in. Hallelujah. You're a good God. You're so good. Thank you for your mercies that they're new every morning. Father, I pray every one of us that you'd quicken every one of us to the reality of the goodness of your plan and the power of your plan and the provision that's in your plan for every one of our lives. Father, thank you that you have made us your testimony, that you are alive. Hallelujah. And that we carry that life and that we carry that testimony, that we live out that testimony. Father, we pray for greater opportunities today, this week, this month that we can speak words of life and light to those that are lost those that are hurting those that are um, discouraged by religion Father thank you that you didn't bring us religion but you gave us life hallelujah In Jesus name with every head bowed and every eye closed Maybe you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ. Maybe you're online with us. You've joined us whether in person or online and you don't know Jesus Christ. You know about him. Maybe you even believe that he lived and died on a cross. And maybe you believe that God raised him from the dead. That's not enough to be saved. The Bible says as many as received him, those are the ones that he gave the right to be the children of God. You must receive him. You must believe that God raised him from the dead, but you must also receive him. How do you receive him? Well, the way that you receive him is you turn the weight of your whole life over to him. You make Jesus your Lord. You make Jesus your master. In order to do that, you're releasing uh, the lordship of your life, that you're not going to be in charge of your life anymore, that you're going to give your life to God through his son, Jesus Christ. He loves you. He does not have... Um, bad things planned for you. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to uh, make your life worse. He's going to give you life that really is life. He's going to raise you up. He's going to put you in the position of honor with Jesus Christ. He loves you. He paid the price for you. The way you come to him is not through being good enough, doing enough good things, but it's because you realize how good Jesus is that he would die for you on the cross to take away your sins and that God would raise him again on the third day so that you could have life, 
so you could really live, so you could be set free from hell and set on the path of heaven, that you could be born again and have God's life right here, right now, in the body, in the flesh. God loves you. If you'd like to receive Jesus this morning, I'd like you to lift up your hand, whether in person or online. I'd love to pray with you and for you. Uh, we're going to pray a prayer in just a few seconds. And I want you to pray that prayer from your heart with me as I pray. By praying that prayer, what you're saying is, I don't want to live for me anymore. I want to live for Jesus. I, I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want God to recreate me. I want Jesus to be my Lord. When you pray from your heart, God will hear your prayer. He'll answer your prayer. He'll respond to your prayer. He loves you. I want you to make a decision in five seconds that you're going to follow Jesus, that you're going to pray. Decide right now. Let's pray. Say this. Say, God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. That he died on the cross to take away my sins. So I could be, be brand new. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord right now. I'm not going to be my Lord anymore. You are my Lord. You're my Savior. Father God, thank you that you are now my Father that you are uh, taking care of me, providing for me, that you have lifted me out of the pit, that you have recreated me, that you have given me your own spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.